Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. No justice! No justice! Get out of the car with your hands up! I call for the police to stop killing. Come towards us. Do not go towards that door. How many times will a black person have to choke out the words, I can't breathe? Demands for racial justice as the deaths of unarmed black and Hispanic Americans by police reach the consciousness and the conscience of a nation. Say Their Names, a chant made popular so that we won't forget George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, and others. But there are other names not so well known, nonviolent people whose deaths at the hands of police deserve to have their stories told too. I'm Bob Garcia Buckaloo. I've been a journalist for four decades, many of those years reporting on our justice system in Texas. This podcast series tells the story of unarmed people who were of no apparent threat, whose deaths occurred after a confrontation with police. For them and for their families, justice has been slow to come, or not at all. We call this podcast Still No Justice, a collaboration between KVUE-TV in Austin, and Vault Studios. Some things never seem to change. Like this, the organized chaos of a high school pep rally. No matter your age, no doubt you've sat through these when you were in school. That's the way things are in most high schools, particularly during football season. It's October 2016, and we're in the gymnasium at Mesquite High School. That's near Dallas. There are the usual awkward dance numbers. The kids singing the national anthem with hands over hearts. And the big moment when the football team takes the gym floor to wild cheers. There's a new kid on the team this fall. Just a freshman, 15 years old. His name is Jordan Edwards. He's to graduate in 2020, and his dream is to attend the University of Alabama. Jordan will have a good school year. His teachers like him. He takes pride in his schoolwork, makes terrific grades. And the kids on the football team have accepted Jordan. He's number 11 on the team, and they've made him a part of their group. Time goes so quickly, it seems. Autumn passes, the holidays come, and it's already spring 2017, almost the end of Jordan's freshman year. And in the final weeks of the school year, some of his friends get together to throw a party. It's at someone's home in the town of Balch Springs, another Dallas suburb. And the kids at the party get a little loud, and the neighbors complain about the noise and ask the cops to get them to tone it down. Now here's the sound taken from the police body cam worn by one of the Balch Springs police officers who checks out the noise. Yeah, it's 
The kids welcome him inside, friendly chat pretty much. The cops look around the house where the party is being held, nothing unusual or illegal going on. But listen to what happens next. Somewhere not far from the house, gunshots are heard. And right here, the story takes an important and ultimately tragic turn. Even though the shots aren't coming from anyone at the party, in fact, they were coming from a few blocks away. 10-4, shots came around somewhere in the Shepherd area, by the nursing home. The high school kids begin to run to their cars to get away. And so does Jordan Edwards, his brothers, and some friends. They run to their Chevy Impala parked across the street, deciding that it's safer to leave the neighborhood where the gunshots were heard. As the Impala begins to drive away, one of the police officers makes a deadly decision. Here's reporter Rebecca Lopez. They were leaving. Uh, when Roy Oliver, the pol one of the police officers that was called to the scene and it went running towards Jordan Edwards and his uh, uh, and the car that he was in. And they he, he fired, striking Jordan Edwards in the head and, and killing him. Jordan Edwards, an innocent kid leaving a party, shot in the head by a police officer. He claimed the vehicle was trying to back up into uh, his partner and he feared for his partner's life. So he fired into the, into the car that the kids were in. That's, that's why he fired his, uh, his weapon. As Jordan was dying inside the car, his brothers drove away quickly to get help. They were so scared. They didn't know what to do. So they ran, they drove their vehicle to a, a location and, and stopped and they called uh, for help. And, um, they, they, when the police officers got there, they were um, asking them, please, 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 you know, help my brother, pray with him, pray with him, please save his life, please save his life, don't let him die. And they were begging the officers to pray with Jordan and to take care of him um, as they transported him uh, to the hospital. Of course, Jordan was already dead at that point, but the they, they, it was just, it was horrifying for the kids in that vehicle and obviously for the community and Jordan Edwards' families. And so it became another story about an innocent, nonviolent black person, this time a 15-year-old kid, killed by a white policeman. The community was outraged. Attorney Lee Merritt spoke for Jordan's family. This has happened far too often. We are tired of making the same rhetorical demands of having the same hashtags. Uh, our community is fed up uh, with the same tired excuses once again offered by Box Springs uh, Police Department yesterday uh, that this was somehow the fault of the victims, teenage kids with no criminal records, with no motive to attempt to hurt anyone, with no evidence that they ever attempted to hurt anyone, um, to insinuate that there was some sort of bad acts on their part that caused an officer to shoot multiple rounds into a vehicle occupied by uh, five teenagers. There can be, there is no, there will be no justification. America throughout the country must figure out a way to police its citizens without killing them. 
It's not something unreasonable for this family to ask. It's not something unreasonable for the black community to ask. But to simply police our communities to respond to nonviolent, non-life-threatening, mundane police calls without resort to brutal force, without the unnecessary loss of innocent life. The Balt Springs Police Chief Jonathan Haber stood by the officer, Roy Oliver, who shot Jordan. Since Oliver claimed the car Jordan was riding in posed a threat to Oliver's partner, Officer Tyler Gross, who was on foot. But the next day, a stunning reversal. Police Chief Haber. Incorrect, yes. It intentionally incorrect yesterday when I said the vehicle was backing down the road. In fact, according to the video that I viewed, the vehicle was moving forward as the officers approached. I'm saying after reviewing the video that I don't believe that it met our core values. The body cam video didn't lie. The car Jordan was riding in wasn't backing toward the officer. It's clearly seen driving away from him. People in the community were understandably upset about what amounted to the murder of a child who had done nothing wrong. How many persons of color are going to have to be slaughtered in our streets before you do something? I mean, how do we train an officer not to take a combat rifle and shoot an unarmed 15-year-old kid and blow his head up. I looked the father in the face tonight and saw a man who would have rather had his son at the table than a few people sent to jail. He committed murder and he should be charged with murder against this poor baby. Reporter Rebecca Lopez. And unfortunately, in these types of incidents, a lot of times, there's victim blaming. And people are like, well, they should have done this, and they should have done that, and the victim shouldn't have done this, and they wouldn't have gotten shot. Jordan Edwards was doing nothing. He was sitting in the back of a car after leaving a party where they had done nothing wrong. There was not a gun in the car. They didn't do anything. They were good kids. And uh, Roy Oliver took it upon himself to fire a military-style weapon into that vehicle and killing Jordan Edwards, murdering him. The Dallas County District Attorney charged Oliver with murder. More than a year would pass, 15 months in fact, and in the summer of the next year, 2018, Roy Oliver's trial began. He said he was innocent and had feared for the safety of his fellow officer when he fired into the car that Jordan rode in. Rebecca Lopez covered the trial for TV station WFAA in Dallas. Well, I got to know um, the people around Jordan Edwards and, you know, it's just heartbreaking when you see something like this. And honestly, it was infuriating to listen to the testimony and then to listen to Roy Oliver get up there and try to justify why he did what he did. Look, I know a lot of law enforcement officers. I've been around police uh, a long, long time. And the majority of the officers I know are good people. And they're out there and they're risking their lives for, for citizens. So this isn't about the bashing of police officers. But Roy Oliver was a bad officer. He was a bad cop. And he should not have had a badge. And what he did and his... Um, I was angry. I was angry because I felt like he had um, implicit bias. He had uh, targeted uh, Jordan Edwards and his group, I believe, because they were young black men. 
Uh, and that's infuriating to me uh, that someone with a badge could um, have that kind of attitude and, and then did what he did. So it, it, for me, it always stuck with me because I'll, you know, that picture of little Jordan's face and this innocent kid. And I went to the school and I saw his locker and I talked to his fellow football players and the, the emotion that they felt, I felt when I interviewed them and the coach just about such a loss of innocent life for no reason. Roy Oliver didn't have to fire into that vehicle. He was trained to step back away from that. Most police departments don't even allow you to shoot into a moving vehicle, but he did. In a surprising move, the former police officer took the stand in his own defense. Roy Oliver. This was a bad situation that got turned worse by the second. People all around that could have prevented this whole, it's just a very gut-wrenching experience and knowing that you had to, were forced into a position to take a life, it's, words cannot describe that. My heart sank. For a minute there, it was hard to breathe, and you just you just know it, it was just an awful feeling all the way around. You, you can't, there's no words for these things. Oliver stood by his story that the car Jordan was in was coming toward his partner, despite what the body cam video revealed. One of his defense attorneys questioned him at the trial. I want this jury to know what you saw as soon as I got to level ground, the vehicle came to a stop for a slight moment and then accelerated. And as it was gaining ground towards him, I had to make a decision. This car is about to hit my partner. There are threats inside the car. And when lethal force is being presented towards us, I had no other option but to use lethal force. When do you think you made the decision to fire that weapon? When the vehicle was moving towards my partner. Well, did you intentionally shoot into that vehicle? Yes. Dallas County Assistant District Attorney Mike Snipes questioned Oliver on the stand. Were you shooting warning shots at night? No, it's prohibited and it's not safe. Were you trying to shoot the tires or the engine to disable the vehicle? No. Okay. And that's because you're not allowed to do that either. Correct. correct. Okay. Were you trying to seriously injure or kill the driver of that car? We were trying to, or I was trying to stop the threat inside the vehicle, correct. Were you trying to kill or seriously injure the driver of that car with all out? That was one of the threats, yes. Okay, so yes is the answer to that? Correct. Okay. I mean, because there's no other reason to be pouring five shots into a, into a car, is there? I was not aware that it was four or five shots at that time. Okay. You admit that you fired five times. I was told that I did, correct. You know now that you fired into that car five I, times. I've, I've learned a lot more now than I did at that moment. And so is that a yes? Yes. Okay. And so you meant to kill the doll out? I meant to stop him at whatever had to be done. Okay. Either seriously injure him or kill him, correct? Stop the threat, correct. Okay. And you know that 
also part of your policy is because of the low probability of penetrating a vehicle with a handgun, officers threatened by an oncoming vehicle should attempt to move out of its path, if possible, instead of discharging a firearm at it or any of its occupants. Rebecca Lopez. And then the most damning testimony of all of this was Oliver's partner took the stand and said, I never feared for my life. I went to that party. I was never scared. I didn't run, grab a rifle. Um, I didn't go and, and, and fear that, that kids were going to, you know, that these kids were going to harm us. You know, we were just trying to get the car to stop because all I wanted was the car to stop because I had never once feared for my life. After days of testimony from witnesses, Oliver's attorney, Bob Gill, made the closing argument for the defense. The state has to prove to you beyond any reasonable doubt that they're entitled to that verdict. If they fail anywhere along the way, which they have, your verdict is to vote not guilty. There's no innocent verdict form. There's a not guilty verdict form. The paramount duty of a police officer is to make sure his partner goes home at the end of the shift. They protect their buddy, they protect their partner. And that's what Roy Oliver did that night. That vehicle was pointed at Tyler Gross, and it was a threat to Tyler Gross. And that is why Roy Oliver reasonably made the decision that he had to make. Dallas County Assistant DA Mike Snipes delivered the closing argument for the prosecution. He pointed to a picture of Jordan Edwards and said, he really did have a million friends. He really did have a nickname, Smiley. He was a real deal. He was in the ninth grade. He was 15 years old, and he did not deserve to die on the night of April 29, 2017. He did not deserve it. He should not be dead. He should be sitting right there beside his brother, Kavon, or with his brother, Vidal, out in Colorado Springs. He shouldn't be in a grave right now like he is. Then Snipes turned and pointed to the defendant, former officer Roy Oliver. This guy is an angry, out of control, walking bomb, a time bomb that went off on April the 29th, 2017. There's no danger to him. There's just a out of control, trigger happy, dangerous, defendant who was looking for a reason to kill. In this case, this innocent kid was not doing anything wrong. Nothing. The jury deliberated for two days, then returned its verdict. District Judge Brandon Birmingham. We, the jury, unanimously find the defendant guilty of murder as charged in the indictment. Now it was up to the jury to determine a sentence. There was more deliberation, and then their decision. We, the jury, having found the defendant, Roy Oliver, guilty of murder and having made a negative finding on the special issue of sudden passion, assess the defendant's punishment at imprisonment in the Institutional Division of the Texas Department of Criminal Justice for a term of 15 years and a fine of $10,000. Fifteen years. The prosecution had recommended a 40-year sentence for Roy Oliver. Well, everyone was really um, upset, I think, about the sentence because the jury um, gave Roy Oliver a year for each year of Jordan Edwards' life, 15 years. 
And I think they struggled a little bit, the jury, because it's always difficult, A, to get a police officer convicted of murder. Mike Snipes, the prosecutor, he wanted 40 years or more. I mean, he really wanted life. I mean, he really was emotional about this case. And um, he wasn't, no one was happy with the 15 years. Everyone thought that Roy Oliver should have gotten more, at least from the family, the attorney. But at but at the end of the day, the attorney that represented the family, Daryl Washington, said it was a step, I guess, in the right direction for justice because no police officer in uh, Dallas County had been convicted of murder up until that point um, since the 1970s when a uh, 12-year-old kid was shot and killed, Santos Rodriguez, by a Dallas police officer while he was handcuffed in a vehicle. So the fact that Roy Oliver was even indicted and then convicted of murder was historical uh, for Dallas County. An attorney for Jordan's family, Andrew Dunlap. You know, obviously we're disappointed. I think that they did not value Jordan's life. Uh, this was about Jordan. This was not about this police officer. That police officer uh, made that decision a year and a half ago, uh, and now they're considering what the jury's sentencing to me says is that they're going to give Mr. Oliver a chance to redeem his life for what he did, yet my client has no son, nothing but an all-American kid, and he has, he has nothing. They, they, they get nothing from this. Attorney Daryl Washington. You know, we've been dealing with this situation for years. This is not something that's new. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, God used Jordan, a perfect kid mm -hmm. that everybody loved, for America to see that we really have a problem. Because we all know if it wasn't the perfect kid, if it wasn't Jordan Edwards, that we would not be having this, this conference talking about a verdict against a police officer. But the world saw that this can happen to kids like Jordan, straight A student, great athlete, had a career ahead of him. And for once, the media couldn't make the subject of the, mm -hmm. uh, the newscast about the victim and what the victim was involved in. The media had to focus on the goodness of this kid. And we saw teachers, coaches and kids and you know one of the most disheartening things I was watching the interview of high school kids some of Jordan's teammates and one of the kids cried but he said you know we never thought that we could get justice we never thought that you know people look at us as human beings and and when something like this happened against you know involving the police officer people always take the police officer's word mm -hmm. When we were 16 and 17 years old, we didn't have to worry about those type of things. Those weren't the type of conversations. And they see those, you know, these boys, boys who try to be hard in front of their friends, to see them on television crying, that's when I knew how serious this problem was. So uh, I think Jordan is making a difference for this entire world. And hopefully Jordan Edwards is going to be the individual they had to, to give up Jordan in order for other parents not to have to deal with what they are dealing with now. Roy Oliver's attorneys appealed both the sentence and the guilty verdict. But in 2020, Texas Fifth Court of Appeals rejected Oliver's appeal, upholding his murder conviction and sentence in an opinion that rejected all issues raised by his lawyers.
When you're in high school, you may not notice how quickly the years go by, the pep rallies, the football games, the friends you make, the things you learn. And if you're a kid who started your freshman year in 2016, like Jordan did, you reached a milestone in 2020. On behalf of the Board of Trustees and myself, I would like to welcome our parents, family members, and friends to celebrate the 2020 graduating class of Mesquite High School. The kids who went to school with Jordan have moved on to college or the military or to a full-time job somewhere. But his friends say they'll never forget him, nor will his teachers. Jordan was just one of those kids who you knew was going to go on and do great things. He was, I could see him like going to college and walking across the graduation stage. And I mean, he just, he had a future he was going to do. He was just going to do amazing things, you could tell. He was just very joyful. Um, he radiated joy as a kid. He, he literally did have the biggest smile I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so I think just, just the idea that that joy, you still feel it in the school. Sometimes you still feel it when you talk to his friends, that that joy is just is gone. My motto is smile, smile like Jordan, um, because that's all he did. I mean, he, he lit up the room. Um, whenever he had issues, you know, it was, Jordan, you all right? And it was always this big smile. <laughs> we have a tribute for him in his old locker. Nobody has moved into there. It is left the same way it was from the last time he was in there with the small exception of uh, all of the notes and letters and poems and pictures. And Jordan's football coach, Jeff Fleener. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the things that people wanted to leave for him. And so, while as a football team, we need to move on and honor him and play for him, there is still a constant reminder every time our young men go into that locker room. Jordan Edwards touched so many lives. His teachers, his teammates, an entire community. And a mother who still grieves for her lost son. Shonkia Stevens. I love my son. My son always loved me. And this tragedy has just tore me apart. Like my soul has been vexed with tremendous, tremendous pain. And I miss my baby so, so much. Still No Justice is a podcast series produced by Austin television station KVUE in collaboration with Vault Studios. Our thanks to the journalists and management at Dallas TV station WFAA for their assistance in making this episode possible. Sarah Bryant is executive producer of this podcast. I'm Bob Garcia Bacalud.